Mix it up then. <laughs> Keeping it fresh. <laughs> Hello! Hey everybody! Welcome to another Vertigo Voices. With that stupid fucking theme song. <laughs> He's Colby. I'm Sophia. That's, that's right, I'm Colby. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're back. Back for another thrilling episode about Sweet Tooth. Because, you know, we give the people what they want. And we had a lot more to say. Sweet Tooth is, yeah, it's popular. It's... It's fun. It's fun end of the world story. Right. <laughs> Sometimes I needed one of those. Yeah. Uh, before we get to anything, last time I mentioned that I had some comments to talk about, which won't take long, but uh, I've got a couple of comments on Twitter. So, let's see, the first one was from Mumbi. Okay. Mumbi, I guess. Why not? Mumbi X. I don't know. That at Mumbi X. Mumbix. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he just commented, love the work you guys are doing. With a little picture of uh, Jason Manzanuk. Jason. Fuck, how do you pronounce his name? <laughs> Jason. Manzanukis. Manzanukis. I, I said that first. God damn it. Stop <laughs> second guessing yourself, Colby. Anyway, Jason Manzanukis. High five. So I responded with uh, a little Flash Superman high five. <laughs> Too slow. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, sir. Yeah, so anyway, there's one listener. <laughs> we appreciate that. And then, uh, where is he? Somebody else commented. Peter Melnick said, if you're looking for someone to talk preacher or Ennis era hellblazer, holla at your boy. <laughs> like, I would totally holla at you, but that's kind of my wheelhouse, so... <laughs> Can't have somebody smarter than me on the show, buddy. <laughs> hey, no. Oh, look at that. Uh, there's Abel's trailer on uh, Sandman. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. Looks like a good trailer. On set, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Sandman is still filming. It is, it is. It's coming. Something to look forward to. Did in you notice? Times. I, I think I mentioned this last time, just offhand, but... Uh, if you look up Sandman on Netflix, it officially lists the, the start date as, or the premiere date as 2022. Oh, does it? Yeah. Oh. So, sometime next year. <laughs> really <laughs> thought it was going to be this year, the end of this year, but guess not. Well, again, something to uh, uh, keep us on the line. Yeah, exactly. We've got Sweet Tooth for now. We've got Why the Last Man Coming. That's right. So, hopefully Sandman, or hopefully there'll be enough to scratch the itch until Sandman gets here. Um, and then there's one more season of Lucifer, I think. I think because there's season six. I don't know when that's in production. I just remember it was a big deal when it was renewed for the sixth one because it was supposed to end at five. And Netflix, like, pleaded with all the cast, like, please come back for one more. <laughs> like, and it, it was like a big contract negotiation issue with Tom Ellis to get him back. And I'm sure they're paying out the nose for that. Because when you've got a streaming giant in that situation, basically saying, please come back, we'll do anything. Like, you can literally ask for anything. <laughs> right, right. And they can pay it. So I'm sure he's making a fat fucking payday after, uh, after that. Get that Netflix money, sir. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of Lucifer, I have officially finished the Fox series. Oh, yes. Watched the last episode just the other day. Um, the last episode is the one that's narrated by Neil Gaiman. 
as God. And it's a weird episode that is completely self-contained. It's like Gaiman saying, like, what if this had happened instead of that? So it's like a different timeline. Okay. And um, uh, it's, I don't know. Overall, it's a fine episode, whatever. It's nothing nothing too special. But uh, Mazikeen actually looks like Mazikeen in it. Yay! <laughs> um, Fancy that. I thought it was weird that they went, like, just for that one episode. Where is it? She's got the mask and everything. I was trying to find a good picture of it. Mazikeen mask, maybe? Maybe. <laughs> oh, you bitches. That's all I want. <laughs> there. Yeah, see? Aha. She wears, like, the cloak and everything. There's a good picture of her. Oh, she actually is reminiscent of the comic. Yeah. And okay. so, anyway, I, that was, you know, it worked for the episode. I wish we could have seen more of that. Me too. Me too, my friend. That and it was just fun to hear Gaiman narrate it. I would like I would like to watch that episode just because he narrates it. And he's a really good narrator. I've listened to a lot of his books on tape. The ones that he narrates or has roles in, he's really good. He is. He is. He's a very good storyteller on the page and out loud. Uh, my friend Melissa did say that I should watch the episode, and I, it's probably the same one where um, Lucifer and Linda have dinner with God. Uh, that's probably in the new season. Is it? Oh, okay. Because God's not actually in this episode. He's just narrating it. Uh, I saw that God is actually in the new season. I think it's played by Dennis Haysbert, maybe. Oh, Am really? I just making that up? Maybe. Lucifer, you would know better than I, again. God. He is played by Neil Gaiman, voice only. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it is Dennis Haysbert. Oh, hello. He's like, Allstate is on your side. I'm God. Was that the commercials he was in? It was, yeah. Was it Allstate? Either Allstate or Farmers. I don't think it was Farmers. Dennis <laughs> Haysbert. Commercial? Yeah. Allstate commercial. There it is. Oh, there you go. Oh, good for you, God. <laughs> Getting that Allstate paycheck. And Dennis Hay- um, Haysbert is a good actor, too. I was about to make some, like, God damn it joke about Allstate. And I, I don't know. It didn't, wasn't <laughs> forming in my mind. But it just, I got sidetracked mentally because... Uh, a couple episodes ago, I talked about my daughter and how she, like, doesn't like swearing. That's right. And she was telling me the other day that she has created a new substitute, which is, she says, gosh, beaver home it. Gosh, beaver home it? Yeah. And I was like, what? I thought she was saying helmet. <laughs> and she was explaining, she's like, no, because uh, beaver home is a dam. So I just oh. say, gosh, <laughs> beaver <laughs> home it. <laughs> like, whatever works, man. <laughs> Sure, why not? At the end of the day, the sentiment's the same, so who the fuck cares? <laughs> but, sure. <laughs> Is that what you replied to her? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I fucking tossed a cigarette on the ground and took a swig of Jack. <laughs> and told her to finish her, her shot glass. <laughs> Listen, kid, life is pain. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Which is pretty much the impetus behind Sweet Tooth. Like, listen, kid, life is pain. Absolutely. That is a good segue. <laughs> I wasn't going to comment on it, but uh, yes, it was. Um, wait, do I have anything else? No, I think it's all I had in my thing. We already talked about Batman going down on Catwoman. We did. Um, we bring up the important stuff on the show. I thought I had something else about that. Oh, 
Yeah, we, yeah, last episode we talked about the Batman going down on Catwoman thing. It reminded me of the whole the Bat-Dong issue a few years ago. Did you ever hear about that? At the like, funeral? No, the comic book Bat- What? The funeral? For the Bat-Dong? What the fuck are you talking about? I thought you said there was like a, a... When at Superman's funeral, someone was walking around with a stiffy. No! <laughs> talking about Batman and the cards involved oh. with Superman's funeral. <laughs> Wasn't a dick involved. I'm sorry. You... I, I have my wires crossed here. Oh, wow. Backtrack, please. <laughs> please. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to. <laughs> uh, um, uh, back, what was that, 2016, 17? I can't remember. Brian Azzarello wrote a comic called Batman Damned. Okay. That I've actually toyed with the idea of reading it for the show because it features John Constantine. Okay. Every major role. It's all about Batman thinking he murdered the Joker. Um, it's like a four-issue prestige format book. And in the first issue, Batman strips naked in the Batcave and is, like, scanning himself to see if he has any poison in his system or whatever. And there's, like, a shot of him nude. But it's, like, you, you know, you can kind of... You can see, like, the outline of his dick. Because <laughs> okay. it's really shadowed. And people fucking freaked out about that to the point that that's all anyone talked about for that series. And then uh, DC scrapped that issue and republished it with, like, just a solid shadow over his dick. So they are really sensitive about Batman and any sort of sexuality. Well, unless unless it's just plain missionary on a roof, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Even then, it can't be shown. It just has to be implied. Man, there you go. But, yeah, the fact that, like, you can't show his dick, you can't be eating pussy, <laughs> you can't be eating the pussy's pussy... Poor Batman. Catwoman, get it? That was a, that was, that was a really good joke, I and I'm not going to let it pass until it is acknowledged. Very fine innuendo, sir. But yeah, so I read Batman Damned, and um, realistically, if not for the whole dick issue, uh, it's not even worth talking about. It's, it's fucking boring. Oh, too bad. Um, it's got a confusing, stupid ending, and it's one of those where, like, shit happens between issues that's, like, important. It's like, why didn't you do that? Like, one issue, Batman just wakes up in a coffin. Like, how the fuck did he get here? And then, oh, must have got knocked out and put in a coffin. Huh? Gotta, gotta dig out of a grave now. Like, you... Uh. <laughs> uh, when did it come out? Uh, 2016, 17, something like that. Actually, I have the first issue, the original Dick version. I'm trying to see... The original Dick version. It was the first printing for 20 bucks. I thought it would be more than that. Because, like I said, it, it got, like, pulped, and, and they re, rewrote it. The hardcover, the hardcover of the whole series is $3. <laughs> oh, wait, that's a that's bidding. Never mind. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, first one for 16 Again, I kind of thought it would be worth more than that. But maybe eventually. Someday. Not like Sweet Tooth. It was, what, in, like, the hundreds? Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Like when you say you paid for yours, like 120 or something? No, I paid a dollar for mine. But that's how much it's worth now. Because oh, okay. <laughs> I bought it on, on the stands when it was new. Oh, there you go. Okay. And that was when Vertigo was doing the whole uh, $1 first issues. Those were the days. Yep. Um, anyway, so that's... <laughs> sorry, I'm going into my eBay profile to look at shit that's been shipped to me and hasn't arrived yet. So waiting on that countdown audio, uh, graphic audio story so these are incoming colby's issues uh yeah i guess if that's an <laughs> issue i don't really have any colby's issues today 
Other than Batman Damned. Yeah, it's like Batman Damned. There you go. Get that bat dick. <laughs> I'm glad you uh, uh, keep a better record of this than me because, yeah, I I imagined his dick in a totally different scenario. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Propping up Superman's coffin. <laughs> I guess so. Damn. Yes, Sweet Tooth. Yeah, back to <laughs> Sweet Tooth. Talk about Sweet Tooth and Jeopard's dick. <laughs> so, I don't know. We, did, we didn't really have, like, a, like a through line, a very consistent way we were talking about it last time just going through my notes but oh uh did you hear about usa today's controversy with sweet tooth no so they had an ad for sweet tooth that looked like a front page story it was like usa today hybrids in america (laughs) and this like picture of like a fucking half kid half animal (laughs) (laughs) and uh, naturally people were very confused and freaking out about it and then, like, at the very bottom, it's a, like, advertisement or whatever. Uh, let me see if I can find a picture of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah anyway, oh, excellent. Hybrid babies born across the U.S. World reacts to new generation of half-human, half-animal children with both awe and concern. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's good-looking ad. Yeah, and it's funny because uh, USA Today got a lot of pushback from that. Like, right there in small letters, it says advertisement. USA Today got a lot of pushback from that because it looks like an actual USA Today article. And they were like, no, like, no, we, we made sure that it passed muster and that it fit our ad criteria. And then somebody pointed out that in their ad criteria, like if you go on their website to try to buy an ad, it says that ads cannot look like articles. <laughs> and oh. that, there's the whole thing. Like, that looks like a fucking article. That does. <laughs> that does. Oh, USA Today. <laughs> Yeah. uh, But, I mean, I think it's clever and fun. (laughs) It is. I feel like if you were really fooled by that after more than a cursory glance, then you're a fucking idiot. True. Which, I mean, again, we live in America, so that shouldn't be surprising. But uh, uh, it's uh, it's funny. Like, it reminds me of Superman and Lois did this. It may have been for USA Today also. But uh, they did a a mock Daily Planet cover when Superman and Lois started. And my friend Bear has always wanted a, a Daily Planet uh, newspaper issue to, like, hang on his wall. Like, you know, like the Man Walks on the Moon <laughs> newspaper or whatever. He always wanted a Daily Planet one. They did one for Smallville also. When the Smallville Complete Series came out on DVD, they had a Daily Planet cover in there. Nice. So he tracked down the, the Daily Planet uh, that came out for Superman and Lois. Got it on eBay. So it's now... Hanging up in his office. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. There you go. Now I'm curious if that was USA Today also. That's a good question. Um, oh, there it is. That's what it was. Because that was actually in the episode. Oh, it was the Los Angeles Times. Ah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, looks good. Nice layout. And it actually says Daily Planet, so you're not going to get confused. Right, right. <laughs> well, I'd take that back. There's probably plenty of people that were confused. <laughs> like, Superman's real? What the hell? I knew it. Yeah, I remember like several years ago at the old newspaper I used to work for, we did an April Fool's edition. Oh, yeah. And for the most part, people took it in stride and thought it was funny. But yeah, we did get a couple people who were like, that's a thing? Really? <laughs> like, no, no, it's really not. But <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. When I lived in Bozeman, the local newspaper there is called the Bozeman Daily Chronicle. And they would do the same thing every uh, April Fool's. 
Um, they'd release a, an issue of the Bozeman Daily Comical. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. They'd also put inserts from The Onion in it as well. It's fun. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so uh, Sweet Tooth. <laughs> Sweet Tooth was in USA Today. It's true. There's fucking hybrids out there, man. They're going to give you the plague, so you better watch out. Exactly. Hybrids are real. Says, so says USA Today. <laughs> well, that's the other thing about the show is that that most of the prosthetic work is pretty good at the hybrids. Yeah. And you know, I thought, like, you know, all the hybrid babies were really cute. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if I ever have a child via, uh, you know, natural, like, natural ways, I suppose, um, then, yeah, I wouldn't be upset if it had, like, you know, a puppy nose and a tail. I'll stand too close to the microwave during <laughs> pregnancy for that. <laughs> I, I'm trying to figure out how the microwave would do that. Unless, I, I guess if you have a dog inside of it. <laughs> Again, like the stupid, the stupid. Um, no, I'm, hey, that are out I there. am not shaming what you choose to eat. Okay, <laughs> I, I've eaten weird shit. Okay, I've been all over the world. It's all good. It's all I good. ate the one thing that I've eaten that that gives me side eye from people is I ate horse when I was oh. in um, when I was in France. I was at this restaurant. It's like a little crepery that had a, a horse meat crepe, and <laughs> it was called the Texan. Because Texans are known for butchering their horses and chewing them up, you know. <laughs> but it was it was like it was horse meat, marinara sauce, an egg, and then like the crepe was folded up, and then there was uh, some like greens on top of that. Oh. And it was really good. And I mean, it's funny because whenever I tell people that here, usually it's like, oh, that's interesting. We're like, ah, oh, fuck, it's a it's a horse. Yeah. I'm like yeah, but. We live in America where we have this weird romanticized idea of taming the West on our noble steeds. Right. You know, like, but over there, it's just another fucking animal. Like, it's <laughs> four legs and fur, hack it up and let's eat it. <laughs> and if you were hungry enough, you would. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and in fact, when I, when I ordered that, I was with, a, uh, like, an ex-girlfriend and a few friends. And the crepe comes. I was like, ah. And one of the friends was like, you got to say it. I was like, say what? She's like, I'm hungry enough. To eat a... <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> True. <laughs> Very applicable. So I gotta ask, I hear that it tastes like steak, does it? Yeah, it's like, it's just like beef. I mean, it's just a red meat, but it's, it's stringier, a little, little tougher, a little more, like, more muscle. Okay. Not, not very marbled. But yeah, it was fine. It was good. I'd eat it again. <laughs> oh, speaking of which... Um, I love that part in the, the comic, Sweet Tooth, where um, I can't remember what Jeopard is cooking, but he's cooking some type of meat, and he asks Gus, he's like, do you want some of this? And Gus is like, I, like, I ain't gonna live, uh, eat a living creature, and like, Jeopard makes some comment like, good thing your daddy didn't like venison. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, what? Never mind. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, so going back to actual Sweet Tooth, no more horse talk, <laughs> although speaking of horse... Um, you know in the show, when they have the flashback of Jeopard's wife having the baby? Yeah. Remember? So that's staged really differently in the comic. In the comic book, that happens... Again, I should go back, like last time, this is going to be really spoiler-heavy, and go all the way up to the end of the series, so... Both the show and the comic, so, uh, avert your ears if you haven't read or watched and care to be, like, a little virgin-eyed doe-eyed little Bobby reading this. Anyway, so uh, in the show, uh, what what kind of hybrid was Jeopard's kid? Uh, goat. 
Okay, I couldn't tell because I saw, you know, like the hooves or whatever, but I couldn't quite tell. Um, so in the comic book, his wife's pregnant while the plague hits. They're like on the run. They're just wandering. And then they meet up with Abbott. This is all in a flashback. Meet up with Abbott. And he's like, oh, you can come stay with us if you want. Like, you don't have to. You know, no biggie. But we've got beds. We've got running water and all this. You really can. And Jeopard's like immediately his cockles are up. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. We're fine on our own. And he looks at his wife and she's like run down and tired. She's like, I, it would be really nice if we had a bed. you know." <laughs> and he's like, okay, fine. And Abbott's like, great. And then he just knocks them both out. <laughs> and then Jeopard wakes up in like literally a kennel. <laughs> and his wife is uh, sequestered away in, uh, with all the other pregnant women that they've kidnapped. And uh, Johnny eventually lets Jeopard out to go kill Abbott and everyone. And he finds that his wife is already dead. Yeah. Uh, she, she died in childbirth. And uh, Abbott is like, hey, your kid died too. I like, don't know what to tell you. you. Don't have a kid. You don't have a wife. Sorry. And he's like, but I'm keeping the body. And he said that if you, like, if you go back and bring me some hybrids, I'll give you her remains. That's the best I can offer. <laughs> so then when he comes back with Gus... Abbott just kind of tosses him a duffel bag and you find out a couple issues later that it's the bones of his wife. He takes her back to their home and buries her underneath the tree. And then he's going to kill himself, but he doesn't. Decides to go back and rescue Gus. But when he goes back, so he goes, he, I think I mentioned this last time, he aligns the army of animals and teams up with Lucy and Becky. Gets the army of animals to attack Abbott and his forces. He's going to use the chaos of their war to sneak in and release the hybrids. So as he's doing that, he like sneaks off because he knows where the hybrids are kept. And the leader of the army of animals notices that. So he chases him down with little dog boys right as he gets there to save them. So he, he finds uh, Gus, Wendy, Gus, Wendy, Bobby, and all those kids. Like he's helping them get away with Johnny. And there's another kid there named Buddy who's a horse kid. And Jeopard's leading them away and Buddy gets his arm bitten by one of the dog boys and is like drug away and Jepper turns around just in time to see him like drug back as he's about to close the door to make their escape and as he's being drug away he goes da da and then the door slams closed oh. <laughs> and oh. Jepper like stops and just like stares blankly he's like what did he say like what was he talking to me what did he say and Lucy's like I don't think he said anything it's fine he's gone we got it. he's like no he called me something. Like, he totally called me something. Did he call me dad? Like, did he? Like, like such freaking out. And like, look, man, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what he said because there's nothing you could have done. Like, we'd be dead. If you left the door open, sorry, we, but we have to go. And so then after Jeopard finally gets his, like, conscience clear from saving Gus, then he has that to live with. God. <laughs> All right, way to, way to pile it on, Jeff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about, with just constant cycles of, of depression and uh, <laughs> just the world beating people down in the, in the comic. Right, yeah. The idea that, again, things aren't uh, resolved prettily. Yeah. Oh, boy. And even that, that gets even messier as it goes. Um, <laughs> I'll keep some things unspoiled. But anyway, so I'm wondering if Buddy is going to show up in the show as well. Because you only see him when he's being born. Right, right. And uh, in the comic, he comes back and Jeopard, Jeopard sees him get drug away. Damn. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll prepare myself for that emotional beat. <laughs> um, so I, I talked a bit last time about just the whole idea of adapting characters versus plot. 
I like it when characters are adapted. I don't give a shit so much about the overall story being adapted. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a long time, for comic book adaptations, you know, you're lucky if you get two or three characters from the comic right. <laughs> in something like like Constantine. You get John, Chaz, Papa Midnight, kind of Gabriel. Kind of Gabriel. Yeah. The bad guy isn't really the same. The bad guy's Lucifer, but that's not really Lucifer. It's not really the first of the fallen. It's just kind of a general Christian devil. Yeah. And and then every, everyone else is new or amalgamations. Right. Yeah. Has very little to do with the comic. And like what we talked about with Lucifer, you know, the show Lucifer. It's Lucifer, Mazikeen, and Amenadiel. Yeah. And that's it. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Got Chloe Decker and Dan. Chloe Decker. Trixie. All these, all these new characters. Christ. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you feel like Sweet Tooth did a better job of actually including yeah. all of the comic book characters. And there's, just, there's a lot of important characters in every narrative. And it's cool to see these characters adapted, but still having the story change and grow. And, you know, like, it, it's one of the, the first example of a comic book movie to me where every single minor named character was a character from the comic is uh, Captain America, First Avenger. Oh, yeah. That's the first one that I can think of where it's like everyone in there is a comic character. Like the fucking Howling Commandos. You got Jacques Danier, who has, like, a line. That's a character from the comic. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, James Fallsworth, James Montgomery Fallsworth, who is uh, Union Jack in the comics. And he's like the British member of the Howling Commandos. And then there's, you know, Dum Dum Dugan. And then uh, even minor characters like uh, Tommy Lee Jones' character. Oh, yeah. The fuck is his name? Um, I can't remember. It's like Chester or whatever. (laughs) The old guy. (laughs) Something very 1940s military. Chester Phillips. There you go. So, yeah, that was was Steve's, uh, whatever, the leader of... Camp Lehigh in the comics. Even the name of the camp, Lehigh, that's from the comic. Peggy Carter. She was a really minor character in the comic to this point. You know, now, like, the MCU has turned her into a household name. And she's more, in, in the realm of popular culture, she's more important than Sharon Carter, who is her, like, great-great-niece. Whereas in the comics, Sharon Carter is way more important to Steve <laughs> than, than her. And so it's interesting that since this movie made this character such a big role... Now she's the important one. Right, right. Gabriel Jones, another one. Dr. Erskine. And there's uh, Jim Morita, one of the Helen Commandos. Uh, there's even... Oh, yeah, and Toby Jones is Arnim Zola. So, like, he's... Zola's a pretty minor character in this. He's just uh, Red Skull's little, little stoolie. Mm-hmm. And in any other adaptation, that would just be some random scientist. You know, like, right, yeah. Call him, you know, Dr. Evil or something. <laughs> but in it, like, oh, no, we've got an evil Nazi scientist. Just make him Zola. And I like it when they do that. Oh, and then it's also got the, well, probably my favorite reference of any of the MCU movies is the, the Human Torch reference. Remind um, me. Let me see first. Avenger Phineas Horton. <laughs> At the Stark Expo, you see this tube and a little sign there that says, Phineas Horton's Synthetic Man. And that's the, uh, it's like a mannequin in it with like a red suit. That's um, the Golden Age Human Torch. Oh, okay, okay. Who in the comics was part of the Invaders with Captain America. But in this, he's just an android that hasn't been activated yet. 
And, you know, it works on two levels because Chris Evans was the Human Torch in the Fantastic Four. <laughs> and now he's seeing the Golden Age Human Torch. It's a very well-handled little nod. Yeah, exactly. I like, I like stuff like that. Anyway, and I, I feel like Sweet Tooth does that well also. You know, characters like Jimmy on the train, who's just a minor character. In the comic, he's probably a little bit more important, but the fact that they threw him in there, that guy could have been named anything. Right, They right. named him Jimmy Jacobs. It's, like you said, it... it uh... For people who have never read the books, then it doesn't matter. Um, but for people who have read the books and, you know, aren't complete... Tossers. Tossers, yeah. <laughs> Pedantic stands. Shithead. Um, <laughs> then it is just a appreciated reference to a work that they love. Yeah. And, and it's just, you know, like I said, it's just it's fun to have the named character be in there. <laughs> right, right. Because, like, again, why would, you, why would you make up a new character when you've got one just sitting there? Exactly. Put them to use. Yeah. Put them to work. I'm sure, rights-wise, it makes more sense to put in new characters. Because then the writer of the show gets to claim that he created this character and get the royalties or whatever. <laughs> but, I just logically, it just makes more sense to have the character from the book or comic or whatever. It's like G.I. Joe. You know, the all these fucking characters created for G.I. Joe. Back when the movie was first being kicked around in, like, oh, 2003 or 4 or something. There was a script written, I think it was by Skip Woods. I don't know why I remember that. Because I read a script review that was just fucking horrible. <laughs> like, oh, the G.I. Joe team weren't even in it. It was about this like CIA team led by Action Man. There's a character that's like a toy character that's only tertiarily tied to G.I. Joe through the fucking British toy line or whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, but the only main G.I. Joe character in it was Snake Eye. And they only called him Snake Eyes because he wore sunglasses all the time. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And the bad guy in it, I'll never forget this, because the bad guy in it is named Cool Dude. <laughs> all right, then. And I remember reading that script review. It was like, I'm not fucking kidding. <laughs> the bad guy is called Cool Dude. No Cobra Commander, no Destro, none of these iconic villains, just fucking Cool Dude. <laughs> I'm I'm puzzled as to why like you would take a property like that and be like yeah you know what Cobra Commander that's too cheesy let's call him Cool Dude. Holy shit! I found that review. Oh, did you? This is from 2007, so I guess it's later than I thought. <laughs> G.I. Joe to feature Cool Dude instead of Cobra? Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, and they wanted Mark Wahlberg to play Action Man. Hmm. And the movie would feature a team up with Action Man, an international version of G.I. Joe, and could be described as a buddy flick. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was written by Skip Woods. I'll be goddamned. Uh, I didn't expect to hear that the movie doesn't feature Cobra at all. Instead, the villain of the movie is a guy named Cool Dude. No. <laughs> I don't see how a name like that could possibly make it to the final draft of the script. <laughs> oh, it was for the best, Skip. It really was. But that didn't see the light of day. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, so as much as people hate the the first G.I. Joe movie from 2009, it could have been so much worse. <laughs> well, didn't you say that somewhere out there exists the actual cut that is much, much better? No, that is, so that's different. So the G.I. Joe movie in 2009, um, it gets a lot of hate, but it's fine to me. I mean, it's a fucking it's a toy line, you know? This is a franchise that was created to sell cheap plastic to kids. 
Exactly. So people bitch about the movie. Oh, it's fucking, it's like a soulless adaptation. Like, guess what? This was soulless from the beginning. Right. <laughs> this was designed to be soulless. <laughs> the fact that the comic book was good is a fluke. <laughs> exactly. Like, go back and watch yeah. the cartoons. You will not feel yeah. the same way about them. Exactly. The cartoon's goofy and dumb, and the toys were, you know, I mean, they were cool toys. But regardless, they're just sold to make money to impressionable kids. Right. So, and the movie has Cobra. It has G.I. Joe. Destro's the villain. Baroness is in it. You know, it's got Duke, Ripcord, Scarlet, Snake Eyes, like main characters from the franchise. It features the pit, which is where they live. So, like, it's got the things that make it G.I. Joe. So, whether or not it's a great movie, like, I don't give a shit. It's fun. It's action-y. Great. Right, right. (laughs) And then the sequel, uh, G.I. Joe Retaliation, that one, there's two cuts of it. There's, like, the original movie, which is fine. Again, dumb fun. And then there's uh, what's called the extended action cut i don't know why they can't just call it a director's cut but whatever uh and that version is is way better like it significantly improves the narrative makes it flow better i think it elevates it to more than just a dumb action flick like it's still pretty dumb because it's gi joe you know it's soldiers and ninjas and all that but but it's like a, a after watching that version like i can't even watch the original because it's hacked to shit the way like the pacing is just terrible in the original cut and the pacing works so much better in the the extended action cut. Okay. And that movie has a really really cool fight scene with ninjas on the side of a side of a cliff. And I need to watch that version. Yeah. It's again, it's really good. John Chu directed it before he got super fucking famous with Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> that certainly, yeah, that that didn't hurt his career at all. I think he did In the Heights too. That just came out. Did he? Did he direct that? I don't it? know. John. M. Chu. He did have a stumble in there, though. He directed Gem and the Holograms. <laughs> oh, poor guy. Yeah, well, he can't win them all. Yeah. You know, God bless him. He did his best, though. Yeah, he did it in the Heights. Okay. This is Now You See Me Too. Yikes. Good. I think that made money, though. But yeah, Gem and the Holograms, Justin Bieber's Believe. <laughs> Again, you know. You, you... Justin Bieber, Never Say Never. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta take the work where it is. <laughs> <laughs> Two of the Step Up movies. Right. He's probably the the most. Uh, what's the word? He's got. He's probably the, the guy with the hand on the wheel of the Step Up franchise. He's directing it. He's probably <laughs> he's, uh, uh, taking it in the direction that that uh, you know that it goes. The the Step Up cinematic universe, <laughs> <laughs> which is actually a thing. Yeah. I never would have thought, but there you go. Well, okay, so that the guy does have an eye for, um, he has an eye for movement and for, you know, choreography, I guess you could say. Yeah, anyway, uh, G.I. Joe. Uh, G.I. Joe, yes. So, welcome to the G.I. Joe Voices podcast. <laughs> G.I. Joe, G.I. Joking Around podcast. <laughs> You're on fire today. <laughs> I could I could do that podcast. <laughs> you could, you absolutely could. So um, I just wanted to. So Sweet Tooth, uh, the comic book. I'm I'm curious the direction the show's going to go, because the first season kind of ends where I don't know, probably like issue ten or so of the comic ends with Gus in captivity with the other kids. Jeopard is wounded, and he, it's implied that he and Amy are going to start the whole battle against the, the military. And uh, so I'm, I'm really curious where it goes from here. But uh, the comic book 
went for 40 issues. And again, this is probably, we're probably about a less, well, about a quarter of the way through the comic at this point in the show. So I'm curious how closely it's going to follow the actual story. Because after they leave the preserve, they eventually find a dam that like has electricity and this lone guy that's uh, working it. He's like, oh, you gotta, you gotta be careful because there's these savages in the woods led by this guy named Haggerty, and they'll kill you. Just come stay with me. So they stayed there for a while, but um, Jeopard and Singh and Gus say that they still need to move forward to Alaska. In the show, Gus wants to go to Alaska to find his mom. Yeah. They discover that she's in Alaska. Actually, I don't remember. Gus knows that yet. He doesn't. No. Okay. But in, in this, it's actually to find out the origin of hybrids. That's where they're trying to go there. So they've discovered that that's where hybrids came from. There's also a three-issue story that's a flashback to the year 1911. Oh. 10, 1910, I can't remember. That shows kind of where the hybrids came from and why they are and like the link that they have to mythology and all this. Oh, okay. I, I missed that entirely. It's interesting. It's probably issue 25 or so. Okay. Um, and then, and then like the conclusion happens in Alaska and then the last issue, issue 40 flashes forward. I think it's like 10 or 15 years. It shows Gus as an adult with his own kids. It shows the hybrids of this new society and the remnants of humanity are still fighting them, but they're like, humanity's almost gone by this point. And then there's some like arguments as to what they should do. And then it kind of flashes forward again to Gus when he's an old man telling his stories to his grandkids and like their community is now huge. Mm-hmm. The nice like capped off ending because I, in issue 40, after the war is done and the, their past is behind them, Gus said like, then the hardest part came when we realized like, Hey, we don't, we don't have to fight anymore. Like, so what do we do? Yeah. <laughs> it's like their entire lives were just fighting for survival against a species that hates them just for existing. And he's like, then we just decided, and I'm like, I guess we got to start living now. <laughs> so they created a society where they can live peacefully, and uh, they embraced more hybrids, and by the end they let humans live with them too, and finally had this like state of uh, peace. And that's the end of Sweet Tooth. But then there's a one-off story in a Vertigo Quarterly. You heard of Vertigo Quarterly? I think you've mentioned it before. But... It, was, it was like four issues of... Short stories. And it's this weird title. It was called Vertical Quarterly CMYK. CMYK. And each one was a color. So it was C for cyan, M for magenta, Y for yellow, and K for black. Okay. Because K, black, duh. Duh. <laughs> it's like black. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the Sweet Tooth story is called Sweet Tooth Black. So it's in the last issue. And it's, it's only like six or seven issues, and it's, or six or seven pages. And it's a flashback to Gus when he's still living with his dad. And it's just Gus and his dad looking up at the sky at all the stars, um, talking about, and his dad's like, oh, it's fucking God looking at you, boy! You can't leave the farm, fucking God staring at you! <laughs> and then the next day, Gus goes to like the, the, the fence line that he's not allowed to cross, and he sees a little skunk kid there with his leg in a trap. And the kid's like, you gotta help me. My, my parents kicked me out. Like, please, you gotta help me. Just, just grab a stick and stuff it in here and I can get out. And then I can be on my way. And Gus is like, no, I can't cross the line. He's like, please, just help me right now. Like, the guy's after me. If, it'll only take a second. You'll never see me again. And Gus is like, ah, ah. And then you see the army guys roll up on the kid. And Gus just bolts back home. 
And Gus is like, oh, there was, there was a little boy out there. And I, I, it was like me. And his dad's like, no, you did good, boy. You did good. You didn't get seen. That's fine. That's fine. So then that night, they lay up and look at the stars, but the stars aren't out. It's just a black sky. Oh. The end. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so then that, that after Sweet Tooth concluded, then there was that one story just of Gus, Gus's past. But then, November of this last year, 2020, there was a new miniseries called Sweet Tooth The Return, again by, by Lemire doing the art and uh, uh, writing and everything. And I had no idea what this was, but I bought all the issues when they came out. And now that I've finished reading the entire series, I started reading those. So the first page of the first issue is 300 years later. It's like, oh, fuck, okay. So it's like a, it's like a serious sequel. Like, it's a couple generations. Like, and it uh, starts with this little kid exactly, who looks exactly like Gus living on this little farm and uh, you know, a little hut in the grass, but his like internal monologue is different. He's like, yeah, daddy says I should always go out and play because I'm a good boy and I need to experience nature and all this, but I can't go too far. And it shows him go up to like the same kind of fence line and these two robots pop down <laughs> and they're like, go back home, go back home. And he's like, okay. And, he, and he's walking back and it shows that the sky is just a ceiling. It's like giant ceiling, like stretching out, you know, for miles. So Gus is living in some weird, uh, if, it, if it is even Gus, I can't remember if they call him that or not, living in some weird underground city 300 years in the future and with robots watching him. <laughs> and then uh, oh. he uh, has dreams of where he sees a guy that looks like Jeopard. Hmm. And then that issue ends, because I've only read the first issue, <laughs> ends with him uh, escaping. He, he says that he's been building a fort in the woods, but he's actually been building a raft. And he breaks through the robots and finds this underground, like, cave river. He throws his raft on, starts rowing, gets to another shore, climbs over the shore, and there's a whole society. Like, a walled-off society with those same robots. And he doesn't know, you know... So, clearly, he's not alone like he thought he was. Right. And then he runs down a hallway and slams into a guy and falls back and looks up, and it's a guy that looks like Jeopard. <laughs> and, and, he's, and he's like, who are you? And the guy's like, you know who I am. And he goes, Jeopard? And then it ends. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, to be continued. Yeah. Okay. There's more adventure to be had yet. So who knows if we'll even if we'll ever get that far into the series, but I would be very curious to see what, what this world of Sweet Tooth, the TV sh- TV series world of Sweet Tooth, uh, looks like in 300 years. Right, no kidding. Well, have they even set a release date for season two? No, I don't think they've announced season two, but... It's doing well, so I assume it will get a season two. It's not a Jupiter's Legacy situation. <laughs> canned after one season. <laughs> Apparently some of the reality of why that series got canned has been coming out. Like, that cost $250 million. Really? Jupiter's Legacy, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. It cost, I think it cost more than Falcon and Winter Soldier. That looked significantly better than this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even finish it because I got, I don't know, maybe two or three episodes in, and I was like, I just really don't care, and I feel like I have better things to do. I thought it was fine, but it was a drug, <laughs> and too much, too, much too, many, too many flashbacks. Oh, boy. I don't give a shit about how these guys got their powers. Right. Just, just show me that they got them. <laughs> and apparently none of that's in the comic. Oh, really? From what I read, the flashbacks of them getting their powers happens over the course of, like, three pages, 
and that's over multiple issues. <laughs> so it's all about like the today's heroes and how they're dealing with being legacy of the past. And then that whole twist. Oh yeah, you haven't finished it. Are you ever gonna? No. Okay. Well, it's revealed that, like, the secret villain is the main character's brother. Oh. And that he's been manipulating things and uh, uh, tries to... Like, apparently in the comic, that comes early, and he, like, kills... What is his name? Samaritan? No. Close. Whatever it is. Let's call him Sam. <laughs> he, he, he kills the good guy. Like, he kills the hero. Like, early on. <laughs> right. And so then it's all about the, uh, the next generation trying to fight back against him maybe i don't know but that that literally doesn't that reveal happens at the last second of the tv series <laughs> oh. and it might just stay there yeah exactly apparently they're still moving forward with uh mark miller's super crooks series and they're gonna tie that in with this i guess i don't know they're not related in the comics but now they are <laughs> They're trying to find a way to salvage, possibly. I read somebody comment that, like, Netflix is having that realization. Like, they bought Miller World or whatever, did this multi-million dollar uh, partnership with Mark Miller, and then this came out, and they were like, fuck, this isn't going to be the MCU, is it? Like, this isn't, <laughs> isn't going to be, like, the Marvel Cinematic Universe like we thought it was going to be. When we bought this guy's entire back catalog, only to find out how unadaptable it all is. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> Well, you know, mistakes are made sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what's a few hundred million dollars between friends? Exactly. <laughs> yay, yay, yay. Um, oh, speaking of flashbacks, uh, um, these aren't flashbacks, but it ties into something else that you've said in the past um, irritates you at times in shows and movies. Uh, what do you think of the narration? I don't mind it. it it's like... It, towards the beginning, I'm like, fucking hell. Like, it's, it's just platitudes. You know, like... Uh, Sometimes what you want to happen isn't what happens. You know? <laughs> that could be a line from the show. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it is. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you meet someone that you think is an enemy and they become your friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's all it is. Like it's just it's James Brolin just uh probably just lounging on a recliner, like looking at the lines like Every once in a while, you see a mongoose, but it turns out it's a cobra. <laughs> like they're just handing him fortune cookies exactly, and just cracking yeah. them over. <laughs> you know, you can't get to the end of the tunnel until you're stuck in the darkness. <laughs> I'm literally just coming up with these off the top of my head. And it would work. It yeah. would work. <laughs> You know, only when you're in the sunshine do you realize how dark the night is. <laughs> oh, yeah. There could be an entire Twitter account just dedicated to, you know, those. <laughs> Have safe. you ever tripped and stubbed your toe? <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> oh, live, laugh, look. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, and then they said, Batman doesn't eat pussy. <laughs> At which point you're watching the show goes, what? <laughs> oh, that would get your attention quick. But yeah, like, I don't know. I don't, it's not great, but I don't really mind it. Yeah. And that, it actually reminds me a lot of the narration in the last issue. Because mm -hmm. the book has narration that kind of shifts as it goes. Like, sometimes it's Dr. Singh's journal. Sometimes it's uh, just what the characters are thinking. But in the last issue, there's this weird 
almost storybook narration. That's like talking about, like, and then the boy became a man, and he led his people to freedom. He said that if you're ever going on a journey, you got to make sure your backpack's full or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're sleeping under the stars, it helps to have a sleeping bag. <laughs> Follow for more useful life advice. Um, it kind of brings up a point that uh, I was listening to another comic book podcast called uh, In, In Between the Gutters. Uh, Albert and Drew, those were the hosts. Guys, I'm sorry if I mix you up on this, but they have an episode that's all about Sweet Tooth. Oh, yeah? And I think it was Albert who said um, uh, one of the uh, appealing things about Jeff Lemire's books is that he is... Um, economical in his prose. Mm -hmm. And um, I do appreciate that about his writing. He has this efficacy when it comes to his narration where he is just content to show you what's going on and then you just kind of have to draw your own conclusions yeah. about the characters and their backstory and um, maybe how they got to this point before he just dives right in and tells you. Yeah. I follow Between the Gutters. I did not realize that. Oh, yes. <laughs> and yeah. they follow us. They do. They do. Good job, Between the Gutters. You've got good, good taste. Very nice guys. I just saw some Snyder Cut <laughs> shit, so I was wondering if I was going to have to take that back. <laughs> <laughs> We're scoping your page, guys. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, um, yeah, Lamar doesn't, isn't very wordy in terms of his narration. I like uh, one of the reasons that Quick Tooth... Uh, quick Tooth? One of the reasons that Sweet Tooth is such a quick read. <laughs> that's, my, that's my sequel series, Quick Read. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> One of the reasons that Sweet Tooth is such a quick read is it doesn't get bogged down with narration. There's a lot of showing. Right. And just like landscapes and characters and big splash pages and all that. And um, it... Because you can have somebody talk about how depressed they are, how shitty the world is, until you're blue in the face. But it's much more impactful to show a fucking sad deer boy face with a gray background world. Right. Like, look at that. The, the cover of issue one just is like, god damn, like, how, what happened to that kid? Why is he so sad? Yeah. He's like nine years old, but he looks like he's 40, you know? He's got a candy bar. He looks like he should be happy. <laughs> Indeed. That's what I appreciate about it, too. I mean, if you go back and listen to our episode about Lemire's other uh, graphic novel, The Nobody, there are things about that novel that I wasn't too hot on, but at the same time, um, he uses his pictures and his narrative in a way that propels you forward because you want to know what's going on as opposed to, here's this long wall of text, or here are these flashbacks, or here's this continual inner monologue that takes you through it yeah. because you're too stupid to piece together what's going on. Well, like I said, uh, the Richard, uh, Gus's dad, his whole backstory is told without dialogue. Yes, exactly, yeah. And it's just as impactful as if they were talking. Like it makes, it's, not, it's not confusing or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Very straight across, to the point. So, I would say, I would, I would give both the show and the comic a vertigo. I would agree, Absolutely. And I hesitate to say which one I like better, because obviously you can't have the show without the book. My only complaints about the book are, is that it gets a little, um, I don't know, it's, it's a well-worn road, you know? Yes, yeah. <laughs> like, we've, we've seen depressing comic book, post-apocalyptic things before, 
I mean, fuck, The Walking Dead had been going for like six years by the time this came out. You're right. So right, right. it's not, this isn't anything new. But it's a really unique world. And it's, you know, it's interesting. I mean, this one, an Eisner, for God's sake. So it's uh, esteemed. It's good. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, you, you won't regret reading it. Yeah. But I like how different the show makes it. Because I, I haven't, I mean, I, I've seen bright dystopia, you know, like uh, earlier we, you mentioned Mad Max or uh, Fury Road. Yeah. Like I've, I've seen, I've seen bright dystopia before because Fury Road's about the brightest movie you can get just visually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've not seen dystopia be so hopeful. Yes. And like you said, it's able to do it in a way that it feels hopeful, but at the same time, it doesn't feel condescending. Yeah, it's not condescending or cheesy. Yeah. yeah. It's still, the stakes are still high. Um, it's still life or death. And it's still, uh, there's still some moral ambiguity in there. But the, uh, the, the, I don't know, the end game seems more attainable, I guess. <laughs> like in the comic, I'm just like... I never once thought that anyone would succeed in the comic. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was just going to be watching all of these characters die slowly (laughs) over the next 40 issues. So the fact that it does have like an epilogue that's a happy ending was shocking to me. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I mean, um, and going back to the comic, um, like you were talking about the scene where, um, Jeopard, goes in and he kills uh, that uh, brothel's pimp. Uh-huh. And if this were, like, a different comic book or, or narrative, then there would be, like, oh, thank you for saving us. Thank you yeah. so much. And I think it is um, Lucy who basically asks, like, well, okay, now what? And what do we do? Yeah. It's like we're just as fine here yeah. as we are anywhere else. Yeah. Um, and that is throughout the entire book. So I guess on that note I would say, like, watch the show with your kids because I think it's totally suitable for children. But if you're like, oh, this is such good YA, I will get this for my preteen. It's like, no. <laughs> get it for you. <laughs> and then when your child comes of age, they can read it for themselves. Yeah. Uh, also, in the comic, I don't know if I should spoil that or not. It's just uh, the pairings of the characters in the end. Who it's... ends up with who? Well, so Gus ends up with Wendy. And they have some kids. And uh, there's a scene where Bobby says something to him, like, he brings up Becky. And then there's this flashback of, like, a quick shot of Gus and Becky kissing. And then another quick shot of Gus holding her body as she's dying of the plague. Hmm. And then cuts back to Gus, and he's like, no, they're never going to know about her. Like, I'm not going to tell her them about her. And then uh, Bobby says something like, well, it's it's just too bad that you know like i mean she she was with us and he's like yeah and we we will remember her and that's it (laughs) yeah exactly makes you wonder (laughs) (laughs) yeah much uh like well like you alluded to much much higher stakes and that's (laughs) another thing in the in the comic versus the show in the show they're always like we can't get the plague you know like don't go near the flowers they'll give you the plague in the comic everyone has it yeah all the humans have it it's just a matter of time when it kills you so, like, you're either going to die of the plague or you're going to die of a bullet or whatever. Right. <laughs> and the only people that are immune to it are the hybrids. Yeah. That's then, a good point to make. And in the show, they don't, they don't even know that. Because when Gus falls in the flowers, I'm like, oh, my God, he's got it. Right. And then they put on the gear to go rescue him or whatever. But, yeah, anyway, so that, that was an interesting difference to me. 
Oh. It's just, it goes back to the whole thing about, like, there's some hope. Right, yeah. <laughs> there's some hope that humanity can survive. Whereas in the comic, it's just a question of how slowly they're going to die off. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think it's um, uh, in that same scene around the fire in the comic with Jeopard and Gus, where Jeopard says something along those lines of, like, you know, we all have it. Um, yeah, I, again, I think they're both where to go. They're both good. Here, here. You won't regret watching or reading. But yeah, give it a watch. It's an easy... And that's another thing. It's like eight episodes, but it feels like it went really quick. Like, I did not have any issue watching any of these. Right. Like, Jupiter's Legacy, where it's like, fucking one more. Come on. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> Those episodes... Like, Jupiter's Legacy, each episode felt like a movie. It felt like a two-hour fucking... And not much happened. Yeah, really <laughs> Whereas in these, when, when an episode would end, it'd be like, come on! Fucking go to the next one! <laughs> yes, yes. Don't leave it there! <laughs> It's a it's a binge worthy show. Yeah. Like when you got to the end, were you like, "Oh, it's the end of season one already"? Yeah, I mean, kinda. I it it was a natural ending. Oh, it was. It, it was. But I was just like, "Oh, we have yeah. to wait for season two now." Where's Bobby? <laughs> I want to keep watching. Yeah, good stuff. So yeah, I think next time let's do let's go back to some gaming. Let's do books of magic. All right then. Since we've already done this is our second Lemire episode. You know, not a bad way to uh, circle around. He's yeah. very relevant still. Yeah, he's like, well, probably more now than he was then. Because exactly. now everyone's talking about him. Not just comic nerds. <laughs> Fucking comic nerds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dorks. Yep. So anyway, uh, that's the end of the show. Like and subscribe. Listen. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Tell your dad. Tell your... That one uncle... The weird one. <laughs> we know you guys get together with other people and talk about the podcast you're listening. So, yeah, just name drop us. Yeah. That'd be great. Um, yeah, share, subscribe, whatever. Follow us on Twitter at Vertigo Voices or Instagram, Vertigo Voices. Or email us at vertigovoices at gmail.com. Thank you to everyone who commented. Continue to comment. I like reading comments. It makes me feel important. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's, I guess that's it. We don't have anything else. What are we, what are we going to do after uh, Books of magic. magic? Yeah. Um, I, well, I just, uh, not to steal your thunder, but I recently have got a few issues myself. And um, I picked up like, oh, 10 copies of Tank Girl. Oh, yeah. So I'm waiting for the day when we do Tank Girl. I don't have any tank girl, so I would need to borrow yours. I would gladly share them with you. All right. Well, then, well, we'll do tank girl one of these days, but just the Vertigo stuff. Just the Vertigo stuff, yes. <laughs> like, all the stuff I picked up was on Titan Press, so it doesn't apply. But ah. I got the Vertigo goods, too. It was what? The, the Odyssey and something else? Yeah, the Odyssey and, um, oh, what is it? The, like introducing Tank Girl or the complete history of Tank Girl or something like that. Odyssey 2. More Odyssey. 2 Odyssey 2 Furious. <laughs> 2 Tank 2 Girl. <laughs> Actually, there is one book called uh, 1 Tank 2 Girl, so oh. we're close. Oh, gross. <laughs> that took my, my pure funny joke and made it gross. <laughs> so yeah, subscribe for more content. <laughs> Ah, all right. Uh, fucking 
give myself like fill my little neti pot with bleach and uh, <laughs> wipe the last few seconds from my hisser from my brain. You're welcome. No. All right. Well, and now you're all welcome for that lovely mental image. We do our best here. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye-bye.